Verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. That's all we need, Lord. Show us the Father. God's look, Jesus is looking at him like, what do you mean? But he said, what, what are you talking about, Willis? Anybody remember different strokes? <laughs> he says, show us the Father, and it be sufficient for us. Jesus said, have I not been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Remember, God is spirit and does not have a face except for the only face we know that God has. And you're looking at him, Philip. You're looking at him. Who has He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? Do you not believe? Everybody touch your neighbor and tell them, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority or flesh, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. And believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves that you have seen me do all along. No one can do these works except God be with him. Most assuredly, verse 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, the only name given among men, Jesus, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified through the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Just like that, he said, I'll do it. His voice went up. I'll do it, Philip. To emphasize, Philip, you're crazy, man. You're looking at God. I'll do it. Because when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And we can't be separated. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. Oh, I love this. It's my favorite. That he may abide with you forever. I'm going to send you somebody. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees spirit. It can't see him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and is and will be, will be in you. That's a foreshadow to the Acts 2. He will be in you, but right now he stands before you. And until he's ascended, he cannot be in you because then he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's talking about not leaving them parentless. He'll send a comforter, and then he turns around and says, I will come to you. For the spirit that will come to you is the spirit that dwelleth in me. I was conceived by the Father, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. There's only one spirit of God, and what you see is the offspring of the word manifest in, in the manger come to fruition to be a sacrifice for your sins. It's not in the scripture. I added that part. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You may be seated. Tell your neighbor, tell him, he's going to come. He's going to come. Who? He. Who's he? He says, I. Have you not known me? Philip, all this time, have you not known me? That my father is in me and I am him? Well, just show us the father and it'll be sufficient. What do you mean? You're looking at him, Philip. You know? Has anybody ever looked for God and maybe he's standing in front of you? Have you ever had that happen? You thought it was, he was MIA and he's 
he, how can he be MIA when he's omnipresent, right? How can he be missing when he's everywhere? You know? How can he be missing? Before we get in today, I want to do a couple things. I want to give a shout out to all the veterans that y'all wouldn't know it, but we have a ton of veterans in this church. And if you're a veteran here today, if you could stand. Yeah, that's you, Nate. Trisha. Come on, somebody. We thank you for all your service and dedication to this country and to protecting our freedom. And there's a whole bunch of other veterans in this church. There was so many veterans in this church in year one. We're like, the whole church is veterans. No one will mess with us. It was so good. As a pastor, I'm like, I am safe. I am safe because they don't mess around. But this is week three of our series called Up Close and Personal. We're looking at the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John revealed the deity that was in Christ, that he was God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and we dwelt among him, on and on. But also, it was very personal and up close. John would say things like, well, if the world, if, if we documented everything Jesus did, the world can contain all the books. That's the last verse of John. That's so personal. He's saying, I was there, and if I tried to pen everything I saw Christ do, we, the world can contain all the books. It was so intimate and personal. Or when we started off the series, when G, uh, John was at the cross with Mary, and, and Jesus said, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother, and he swapped delegation. Again, he was right there. And so this series is meant to put us right there also. When it's really hard to do 2,000 plus years later, it's hard to sometimes get the scripture and then connect with it in a personal way. And that's how our relationship, that's why Jesus came, is to take the law and make it personal so we could have a relationship through, through love and grace and faithfulness that we could actually be one with our Lord in union again because the law was just too heavy the way it was. So it was supposed to be personal. If you don't know Jesus, you can't know God. If you, if you claim to know God, but you don't know anything about Jesus, they can't be separated. That's what Philip did. He said, he said just show us the Father. And Jesus is like, really? Really, Philip? Are you saying that? I've been with you all this time, and you're really saying, show me the Father? How many things do I got to do before you go, I get it? I get it. You need a revelation reception from last week, Philip. Y'all saw last week, John had the revelation reception. But this week, my title is Keep Me Close. God is saying to us in this season, keep me close. It's more of a prophetic title. It's God speaking, keep me close. Keep me close. When you keep me close, you keep my word close. When you keep my word close, you're keeping me close. My word can't be separated from who I am. When you keep the Messiah close, you keep the Father close because they can't be separated. They can't be separated. But I'm curious this morning if any of you have children or if any of you have ever been a child. Has anybody here ever been a child before? Mike's been a child. Mike, I struggle with not being a child sometimes. I'm just a child. Nate is a child. No, me and Nate together sometimes are a child, but we do it for the name of the Lord. <laughs> but when you're a child, your parents say stuff to you, and it's like, huh, whatever, tablet time. Tune them out until you smack them around and they pay attention, you know, like Taz. 
So have you ever had a conversation as a child with your mom and dad, and as a kid, what they said to you made no sense, but later in life, a light bulb went off, and you got it. It made no sense. Drink my blood, eat my flesh, says the apostles. This is weird and demonic, says the Lord who told him to do it. Didn't make any sense, Larry. I don't know about that Jesus guy. And as a kid, I can say a lot of things. Didn't really make sense, Mom. Whatever. You just don't want me to have fun. In the moment, it didn't make sense. But later in life, especially when you have your own kids, Lord have mercy. A light bulb goes off. In the, in the spiritual, we call it revelation. You have a revelation, and you, you got it. This light bulb went off, and God's timing and delivery doesn't make sense in the moment. But Jesus reminds us that to be close to God, we have to be close in spirit. And here is the apostles as physically close as possible to touching any physical element that represents God, and they're still going, where is he? Hmm. Maybe we do that. See, we will never fully understand God in the things he tells us at times. Just as the apostles were confused in the moment, fear not, because God's words will manifest in time as they did the original 12. A lot of it didn't take, didn't take shape, but Jesus would speak prophetically. When Jesus says, the comforter will come, he was talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and after it happened, then they understood, okay, I've been endued with power. Now I feel the power of God inside me to go preach a word that he told me not to have a manuscript for, so I didn't understand why I would not need a manuscript until God filled me with his spirit, and now I understand that God is speaking through me. See, they didn't understand that revelation because it was prophetic in the moment when he was roaming with them and going to Starbucks. You don't think Jesus drank coffee? Come on, somebody. Can you laugh in here? Are we allowed to laugh in church? Okay, we can laugh in church. Okay. I'm just saying I wouldn't serve a God who didn't like an extra hot mocha. And Jesus spoke to me in a dream that he likes Starbucks, even with all their, you know, whatever, their political whatever. He likes the coffee. Can we just get a coffee once in a while without making it a problem? Anyway, cheap humor, guys. I don't charge for that. Sometimes... The presence of God and his power in love is so strong that it can be staring us in the face and we miss it because we aren't seeing God for what he's trying to reveal himself as. We're not recognizing when he shows up. So the first thing we says is, who are you? Who are you? What do you mean? I'm Jesus. I said, show me the Father. He says, what do you mean? I'm Jesus. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily. The Father in creation, the Son in redemption, the Holy Spirit in regeneration. What do you mean? Show us the Father. How can you separate me from who I am? That's who I am. You can't separate, my, you can't separate the bone from my foot and, and, and from my flesh. It's a foot. It's a, they go together. You can't separate the, the spirit that makes my heart beat from the shell that I'm in. This, it's one creation. I'm Jeff, I'm a human being, and there's a spirit in me. And God says, there's a spirit in me, and I wasn't born of man. I was born of the Holy Spirit, says the Bible. What do you mean? Show me the Father. Perhaps God is standing in front of you today in your situation, in your COVID season, in your struggle for lack of depression, to get out of depression. We've all had a little bit of that maybe this season. I'm being honest. I'm talking to myself. But maybe he's been whispering 
and the noises of distraction, like we were preaching on the cell phones being a distraction, how God had to meet us in the center of our distraction. The first week we went home for COVID, we were preaching to a camera saying, God is meeting you in your distraction. Because God will go to ultimate measures to reach you because maybe all along he's been whispering to you saying, keep me close. Keep me close. Keep me close because if you don't keep me close, I can be right in front of you and you're not going to hear me. I can be right in front of you, and you're going to say, who are you? Who are you? And all along I've been saying, keep me close. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm going to whisper to you. You've got to tune out the world to hear my voice. So apostles, keep me close. Disciples, keep me close, because when I go, I'm going to come back. And if you're not listening for my word that I give you now to manifest itself, you're not going to hear me saying to you, keep me close close. And that applies today. That applies today. They didn't understand it. They literally did not understand it. Just like Nicodemus didn't understand in John chapter 3. He didn't understand what this born again business was. Should I go back in my mother's womb, he said? How crazy is that? Now, ladies, I'm not going to speak for you, but I imagine that would not be a good thing. Okay? So, so like, that's crazy talk. For a man of Nicodemus' stature, who was a, a centurion, to, to have so much knowledge and to, and, to, and to ask God, do I have to go back to be born again? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Jesus says, no. No. How long shall I be with you before you have the revelation light bulb go off? I don't know about you all, but a lot of times God looks different than what he's actually presented himself in my life. And God has delivered solutions that I thought were curses, Pastor Steve. I thought they were the devil. And God says, keep me close. You asked for growth, keep me close. Because if I grow you and you don't keep me close, you will fall to the enemy. Oh, you wanna preach good? Keep me close. Oh, you wanna be a pastor? Keep me close. Oh, there's wolves out there. Keep me close. Keep me close. Anytime you will to do good, the enemy's present. Anytime you step up, say, I'm going to serve at church. It's going to be so fun. And then everybody calls out that day, and it's all on you, Allison. It's all on you that day. And you're like, what? This is not, I haven't even trained for this yet. See, God, God is positioning you to handle something new. And as soon as you stand up for God, the devil says, I'm going to try to mess it up. I'm going to try to mess it up. Oh, they think they're going to fill that high school. <laughs> His pitchfork, if he has one. Oh, they think they're going to then jump over to the movie theater. Oh, they think that's going to be so good until I break the popcorn machine, until I shut it down, until I shut down the sports, and I shut down the world, and I shut down the theater on them, and the second time I'm going to shut it down, I'm not even going to tell them. I'm just going to drop it on them, and that's going to wreck them. Not when God's saying Keep me close. Keep me close. God is spiritual security team is what he is. He's your spiritual security. Church has got to have security. Christians got to have security of the Holy Ghost inside of them because there is a world out there looking to devour you like a wolf. And if he can just trip you enough to keep from moving forward, he wins. We think the devil is going to send us down a path of destruction. No, he just doesn't want you to do anything. Because if you're not a threat, you're not a threat to God when you do nothing for his kingdom. 
You're just in the world, but we're supposed to be not of it. And when we speak up for God and we start doing things for God, it's going to be when we get attacked the most. And it's, it's so consistent. Here's the thing about the enemy is he's so, so uh, predictable. After a few times, you can predict, okay, I felt this before. And you almost can laugh off the devil. But what the trick is, and the part you can't get hung up on, is if you predict how he's going to do it again, he won't do it that way, but he will do it again. Oh, he's going to try to take my money when the church is just a plant and he can't survive. No, no. Oh, this time he's going to attack my marriage. Oh, this time he's going to attack the facility. Oh, this time he's going to make disgruntled people in the church and make them just, just, just talk to themselves and, and change the culture. Oh, this time, this time, this time. See, he's going to try anything. But God is saying the entire way when you got into this, keep me close. You have to keep me close. He told them, don't, don't go worry about what you're going to preach because if you keep me close, I will be in you. And I use the church as an example, but this is anything. Just when you got that new job, they started working you twice a week, Mike, twice the hours per week. The blessing started to look like labor, unfavored labor. But maybe that unfavored view is actually God doing something new in you. Maybe God's doing something and it just doesn't make sense yet. And faith will cause me to trust in a way that makes no sense, Josh. It makes no sense. People said, you're going to try that. Everybody's failed. That's foolish. Oh, you want to be Janet Jackson? Oh, don't even bother moving to Nashville. You know how many times people laughed at me? And I said, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to be Janet. Y'all don't know I'm not even joking. Some of you know I'm not joking. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. It's all right. When God is on your side, you can defeat the giants in the land with very few armies. When God is on your side. When God is not on your side and God did not bless it, you're going to be in a problem. Keep me close. Keep me close. How many know that I have children? I know, it's crazy. I have two girls and two boys. And Chloe, can I just plug my daughter? Did she not kill it today? She killed it. I cried twice. And I'm a pretty hard dad about, like, some of the things. I'm a, I used to be, like, a music snob, and, and I'd be really jerky back in the day when I only had to do, like, worship leading. And my daughter had me crying twice today because she's just growing and changing. And I'm starting to, like, see it, like, so dramatically. And I'm just like, my baby, give me back my baby, Lord. So I have, I have two daughters and two, two sons. Chloe's 10. Caleb's 9. Colton's 8. Kaylee's 5. Four C's. Genius decision to name them all C's. No rhyme or reason. So at night, we put them to bed, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a long haul, Nate. Caleb sleeps in the basement in his room. Uh, two of the kids, three of the kids sleep upstairs. So depending on where we're at in the house, I can like walk like 30 feet and burn a calorie. And it's like, I don't want to hug them all tonight. Can I just do a, um, you know, like a, um, like hug you later, like an, like, you know, like a, like an IOU hug. I'm going to go to sleep first, guys. So anyway, I hug my two daughters, and they're so different. And so Kaylee's five, and when, when Kaylee's in her pink Corvette bed, and it's a, it's a twin mattress, and it'll probably break, but I get in the bed with her, and I lay in there, and the whole time she's pushing me away. She's pushing me away, and I think she thinks it's funny. I think deep down she loves me. But she's pushing me away until I'm finally out the door. No, come back. Give me a hug. 
no, I'm not coming back this time. I am not coming back this time. You give me a hug right now. If I get up out of this bed, I am not coming back. You hear me? Give me a hug. Okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, five-year-old. So, so she pushes me away when I try to get close. You with me? I'm trying to get close to my five-year-old because I'm seeing soon she's going to look like my 10-year-old. And then she's going to be 20. And then she's going to be 45 and finally out of the house. She's not going to get married, move out until she's 45. That might be weird. I might change my mind. Right now, that's the plan. So Kaylee's pushing me away, and I'm trying to give my love and affection to her. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I pin her little arms down, and I say, I'm going to kiss you, and I'm going to hug you, and you can't do nothing about it because I'm stronger than you. <laughs> and she's, she's strong as lead. She's like a little Rambo in a five-year-old's body, and she's so strong. And so we get a good workout, and then finally she goes, okay, and she hugs me after all that. Now Chloe, on the other hand, Chloe never wants me to leave, wants me to stay by her in the bed as long as I'm willing to stay. Dad, will you sleep over? And, and her room's got like lots of dolls and the bed makes me hot. And I'm like, I don't, I get hot easy. And Chloe, I don't have time. I'll just give me a quick hug. Let's, let's give me a hug and I'll go. But Chloe would just keep me close as long as I would let her. You know, is this sounding familiar? Like, like here's the father trying to keep himself close to you in corona and you guys are saying they don't have anything for me to do they don't have and I, and I, I'm depressed because they don't have this and I gotta do this and I got and then the grocery ran out of toilet paper and I just my life is over and God says I'm trying to embrace you so you can you can be present with God and that's that was a weird voice I'm not saying you guys sound like that that's just like in my head what came out you don't know. It's the, it's the divine, divine intervention of the Holy Ghost, Pastor Steve, that speaks like the old lady voice or whatever that was. And so, so, so you can be really close to God's presence, and he is trying to put your arms down and around him so you can embrace him. Come on, somebody. And then we're saying, we don't want to hug you right now because we're too depressed because the world isn't going our way. So after you said to keep me close and that you would be with me, I'm saying, who are you? Is anybody getting this? Come on, somebody. And then Chloe says, just keep hugging me. Just don't let go of me. Because, Dad, I get it. I'm going to grow up, and I don't want to leave you and Mom. I mean, she's real sentimental. She's so opposite of Kaylee. Kaylee's tough and mean. Kaylee, Chloe's heart is a little more red sometimes than a little Tazette, but... So we can be right in the presence of God himself and be pushing him actually away. He can be physically close, but not close right here. He's got to be close right here. I can go, I can have my Bible on me all day. I can, I can act the part. I can walk the walk. But if God is not close here, it's all in vain because that's what's keeping us surviving. That's what keep us, keeps us from not falling into the wrong decision under pressure. That's what keeps us from throwing in the towel when it gets a little hard is keep me close. Keep me close. Keep me close. So what happens is we start looking past the blessing of God being right in our pink Corvette bed. He says, I, have I been with you so long that you have not known me? 
Has he ever said that to you? Vincent, I've been with you in church your whole life. How could you doubt? Have I not been with you so long? Mike, I've been with you. Have I not been with you so long? Keep me close. Don't look past the blessing because of the disruption of the season you're in. It doesn't matter if I'm physically standing in front of you, Philip, because when you have my spirit, all you have to do is call on my name. Because when you speak my word, I will manifest myself. Just invoke my name, Jesus. God, I need you. Jesus Christ, Lord, I serve you faithfully, and I need you. We're looking for the Father. and Jesus said, just invoke my name, and anything shall be done if you ask. You can't separate the creation from the creator. To be close to God is to call on his name. So when you feel lonely this week, I pray you don't. But if you do, remember the proximity of God. He cannot be distant from you if you don't keep him out. He cannot be distant from you because he is everywhere at the same time. He is omnipresent. He's surrounding us right now. He's not not at church today. He's here because he's everywhere. The question is, are we keeping him close to recognize his presence? When you don't feel the presence of God, you have to call on his name and say, God, remind me of your presence. Because when you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells in our Lord, you will start to recognize how strong God is in this place. He was in a manger. He can meet in a gym. He was in a manger. He can meet in a movie theater with funny carpet. He can meet you in your car. He can meet you in your closet next to your women's shoe collection, your, your wife's shoe collection. When you're rebuking the devil out of your house because he did that again and you're screaming at your kids because the devil tried to trip you again, he'll meet you in the closet. Keep me close. You are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus says, you will not be left orphans. You will not be left comfortless, parentless, alone. I would never do that to you. I would never leave my child here on earth. And God says, I will never leave you, child, ever. So I'm going to come to you. I will be in you. I will be. Not yet. But it's coming, he says. That was prophetic. Because you are not alone. We were not meant to be alone in this season. That's why we, we, we church planners, we say, come to church. Come to church. Because we were meant to be in community as God's children. It matters. You can make excuses all day why it doesn't matter. But it does, and it will affect you. Insert name in the brackets. It will affect you. Over time, I mean, I'm really strong, but over time, I could feel the weight. I said, I got to get out from this camera. I need to see some people. I can't preach to this camera forever, but I'll do as long as it takes because God says, you are not alone. You are not alone. Verse 17, he said, 
the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Look to your neighbor, tell him, you know him. For he is dwelling with you and will be in you. Here it is again. The world is Kaylee, and I'm, I'm playing the part of Jesus here. And, and I mean, I'm trying to give the world, God is trying to give the world a hug. And it says, but they don't know him. They won't know him. So even though I'm right in front of them, they refuse to know me. But you're not alone. And until you recognize that I am right here with you, you will never not feel alone. God is going to be with them in a different manifestation. The Holy Spirit shall make its presence. This is that, says Joel, when Acts 2 comes along. I love you so much, I will come back to you. I would never leave my kids for more than 30 minutes at home. It's a danger. God says, I'll just never leave you at all. I'm not going to leave you for 30 minutes when I go to Target because you've got the Duo app and you can call me if there's a problem, Chloe. But I'm not going to leave you at all, says the Lord. I don't even trust the world enough to leave you alone for five minutes. You can't survive without me, says God. That's a father that loves a little bit more than us earthly dads or earthly moms. That's the kind of love we don't quite understand because we rationalize the compromise of the world. And God says, you can't compromise what I'm doing. You can't compromise when you need me because you will suffer the consequence if you compromise what I'm trying to do and put my arms around you in that season. Don't push me out. Invite me in. Don't push God out. Invite him in. You are not alone. If y'all could stand this morning. God says, I want to make you part of my family. I will be in you. And now we will share the DNA that cannot be separated. Because you came from me and you shall return to me. In order to recognize God's proximity, we must never push him out of his, out of our circle. Well, this is a business deal. Christian mode is over here. This is a business deal. It's different. Is it? It's different. Well, this is a job situation. Oh, this was road rage. Oh, anybody else ever had that problem? I would never, I would never have a problem in the car, except like really bad the last 15 years, except the last five years. Then when I had kids, it was better. But I would never do that, except in the car. Jesus loves you. Keep the Bible, keep me close. Someone told me to keep the Bible close in the car because when you're tempted, you want to remember that God says, keep me close. So they got the Bible on the dash. So when they get angry in the car, hey, I thought that was pretty good. Now I don't know about you all, but some of you might need some like five Bibles on the dash to do the job, but whatever it takes, keep me close. Keep me close. I will not leave you orphanless. Are you missing God today? because you're not actually keeping him close when he's been shoulder rubbing with you your entire life. Perhaps God is standing in front of you whispering, keep me close. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you could lift your hand with me to the heavens today as we beseech the Lord to draw closer to us than ever before. 
that we are going to go through this week. This is our call to action, church, that this week's going to be different than last week, that we're going to show the people online that they're missing the proximity of Jesus Christ in his presence. And in order to grow closer to him, they need to be touched by him. And that needs proximity. God, let us recognize this week that no matter where we are, no matter what we face, we have a special access to the throne through you, Lord, that you are standing right there in the accident. You are standing right there in the unexpected death of a loved one. You are standing right there in the middle of ignorance. You are standing right there in all the hate, in all the persecution, in all the things you warned us of. And these are signs that we know you are with us because we're surviving something we otherwise could not. So God, we're going to keep building pillars in your kingdom so that we can show the world how close you are to everyone and that when they come into your house, they're going to feel something different at 1C Church. They're going to say, this is different. This is a holy, divine intervention that I've never experienced. And I don't know what it is, but I'm craving that feeling. And that is your presence, God, and nothing else. No, No subwoofers, no worship. Nothing can replace your presence. So we beseech you through all those efforts, God, to draw you in this place so that someone will come through those doors and see you for who you are that you've been standing there all along and when they say where is the father they say I see it because I feel it because now I know you are one and you are holy God have your way this week thank you for the opportunity to have another week of blessing your name. We are so thankful that we get to worship you freely in the YMCA and give praise to everybody who opens the doors to us because you've touched it, God, and let no man take what you have touched. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, everybody say together, amen.